0: Chapter sixteen Part two of the Betroth This is a LibriVox recording. All Libravox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Libravox dot org Reading Done by Jules Harleck of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada The Betroth by Alessandro Manzoni Chapter sixteen Part two six miles i didn't know that said renzo well resumed he with a still greater air of indifference almost amounting to affectation well i suppose there are other places for crossing if anybody is inclined to take a short cut there are certainly replied the landlord fixing his eyes upon him with a look full of malicious curiosity This was enough to silence all the other inquiries which our youth had ready on his lips. He drew his plate before him, and, looking at the small measure of wine which the landlord had set down on the table, said, Is the wine pure? As gold, said the host, ask all the people of the village and neighbourhood, for they know it, and besides you can taste yourself. So saying, he turned towards his other customers plague on these landlords exclaimed renzo in his heart the more i know of them the worse i find them however he began to eat very heartily listening at the same time without appearing to pay any attention to see what he could learn to discover what was the general impression here about the great event in which he had had no little share and above all to ascertain if amongst these talkers there was one honest man of whom a poor fellow might venture to make inquiries without fear of getting into a scrape and being forced to talk about his own doings but said one this time it seems clear the melanese wanted to bring about a very good thing well to-morrow at latest we shall know something i'm sorry i didn't go to milan this morning said another if you do go to-morrow i'll go with you said a third so will i said another and i said another what i want to know resumed the first is whether these melanese gentlemen will think of us poor people out of the city or if they'll only get good laws made for themselves do you know how they do eh they are all proud citizens every one for himself and we strangers mightn't be christians we've mouths too either to eat or to give our own opinions said another with a voice as modest as the proposition was daring and when things have gone a little further but he did not think fit to finish the sentence there's corn hidden not only at milan another was beginning with a dark and designing countenance when they heard the trampling of a horse approaching They ran to the door, and having discovered who it was, they all went out to meet him. It was a Melanese merchant who generally passed the night at his inn, in journeying two or three times a year to Bergamo on business, and as he almost always found the same company there, they were all his acquaintances. They now crowded around him. One took his bridle, another his stirrup, and saluted him with, "'Welcome!' "'I'm glad to see you. "'Have you had a good journey? "'Very good, and how are you all? "'Pretty well, pretty well. "'What's the news from Milan?' "'Ah, you are always for news,' said the merchant, "'dismounting and leaving his horse in the care of a boy. "'And besides,' continued he, "'entering the door with the rest of the party, "'by this time you know it perhaps better than I do. "'I assure you we know nothing.' said more than one laying his hand on his heart is it possible said the merchant then you shall hear some fine or rather some bad news hey landlord is my usual bed at liberty very well a glass of wine and my usual meal be quick for i must go to bed early and set off to-morrow morning very early so as to get to bergamo by dinner-time and you continued he, sitting down at the opposite end of the table, to where Renzo was seated, silently but attentively listening. You don't know about all the diabolical doings of yesterday. Yes, we heard something about yesterday. You see now, rejoined the merchant, you know the news. I thought when you were stationed here all day to watch and sound everybody that comes by. But today, how have matters gone today? ah to-day do you know nothing about to-day nothing whatever nobody has come by then let me wet my lips and afterwards i'll tell you about everything you shall hear having filled his glass he took it in his right hand and lifting up his mustachios with the first two fingers of his left and then settling his beard with the palm he drank it off and continued there was little wanting my worthy friends to make to-day as rough as a day as yesterday or worse i can scarcely believe it true that i am here to tell you about it for i had once put aside every thought of my journey to stay and take care of my unfortunate shop what was the matter then said one of his auditors what was the matter you shall hear and carving the meat that was set before him, he began to eat, at the same time continuing his narration. The crowd, standing at both sides of the table, listened to him with open mouths, and Renzo, apparently giving no heed to what he said, listened, perhaps more eagerly than any of the others, as he slowly finished the last few mouthfuls this morning then those rascals who made such a horrible uproar yesterday repaired to the appointed places of meeting there was already an understanding between them and everything was arranged they united together and began again the old story of going from street to street shouting to collect a crowd you know it is like when one sweeps a house with respect be it spoken the heap of dust increases as one goes along when they thought they had assembled enough people they set off towards the house of the superintendent of provisions as if the treatment they gave him yesterday was not enough to a gentleman of his character the villains and the lies they told about him all inventions he is a worthy exact gentleman and i may say so for i am very intimate with him and serve him with cloth for his servant's livery. They proceeded then towards this house. You ought to see what a rabble, and what faces, just fancy their having passed my shop with faces that the Jews of the Via Crucis are nothing to them, and such things as I uttered, enough to make one stop one's ears, if it had not been that it might have turned to account in discovering one. They went forward, then, with the kind intention of plundering the house. But here he raises his left hand and extended it in the air, placing the end of his thumb on the point of his nose. But, said almost all his auditors, but, continued the merchant, they found the street blockaded with planks and carts, and behind this barricado a good file of soldiers with their guns levelled and the butt-ends resting on their shoulders when they saw this preparation what would you have done turned back to be sure and so did they but just listen if it wasn't the devil that inspired them they reached the carduzio and there they saw the bakehouse which they wanted to plunder the day before here they were busy in distributing bread to their customers there were noblemen there, ay, the very flower of the nobility, to watch that everything went on in good order but the mob-they had the devil within them, I tell you, and besides there were some whispering in their ears and urging them on. The mob rushed in furiously, seized the way, and I will seize too in the twinkling of an eye noblemen bakers customers loaves benches counters troughs chests bags sieves bran flour dough all were turned upside down and the soldiers the soldiers had the vicar's house to defend one cannot sing and carry the cross at the same time it was all done in the twinkling of an eye i tell you off and away. Everything that could be put to any use was carried off, and then they proposed again the beautiful scene of yesterday, dragging the rest to the square and making a bonfire. They had already begun, the villains, to carry something out of the house, when one greater villain than the rest. What do you think was the proposal he made? What? what to make a pile of everything in the shop and to set fire to the heap and the house together no sooner said than done did they set fire to it wait a worthy man of the neighbourhood had an inspiration from heaven he ran upstairs sought for a crucifix found one and hung it in front of one of the windows then he took two candles which had been blessed lit them and set them outside on the window-sill one on each side of the crucifix the mob looked up it must be owned there is still some fear of god in milan everybody came to their senses at least i mean most of them there were some certainly devils enough to have set fire to paradise for the sake of plunder but finding that the crowd was not of their opinion they were obliged to abandon their design and keep quiet. Just fancy now who arrived! All their graces of the cathedral in procession, with the cross elevated, and in their canonical robes. And my lord the archpresbyter began preaching on one side, and my lord the penitentiary on the other, and the others again scattered here and there. But good people, what would you do? is this the example you set your children go home go home you shall have bread at a low price if you'll only look you'll see the rate is pasted up at every corner was it so what was it so do you think that their graces of the cathedral would come in their magnificent robes to tell them falsehoods and what did the people do they dispersed by degrees some ran to the corners of the street and for those who could read there was a fixed rate sure enough what do you think of it eight ounces of bread for a penny what good luck the proof of the pudding is in the eating how much flour do you think they have wasted yesterday and this morning enough to support the duchy for two months then they've made no good laws for us in the country What has been done at Milan is entirely at the expense of the city. I don't know what to say to you. It must be as God wills. Fortunately, the sedition is finished, for I haven't told you all yet. Here comes the best part. What is there besides? Only that, last evening or this morning, I'm not sure which, many of the leaders have been seized, and four of them, it is known, are to be hung directly no sooner did they get this abroad than everybody went home the shortest way not to run the risk of becoming number five when i left milan it looked like a convent of friars but will they really hang them undoubtedly and quickly too replied the merchant and what will the people do asked the same interrogator as had put the other question the people will go to see them said the merchant they had such a desire to see a christian hanging in the open air that they wanted the vagabonds to dispatch the superintendent of provisions in that way by this exchange they will have four wretches attended with every formality accompanied by capuchins and by friars of the bona morte but they deserve it It is an interference of providence, you see, and it is a necessary thing. They were already beginning to divert themselves by entering the shops and helping themselves without paying. If they let them go on so, after bread, wine would have had its turn, and so on from thing to thing. You may imagine whether they would abandon so convenient a practice of their own free will, and I can tell you, that was no very pleasant thought for an honest man keeping a shop certainly not said one of his hearers certainly not replied the rest in chorus and continued the merchant wiping his beard with the tablecloth. it had all been projected for some time there was a league you know a league was there yes there was a league all cabals formed by the navarinis but by that french cardinal there you know with a half-turkish name who every day contrives something fresh to annoy the court of spain but above all he aims at playing some trick in milan for he knows well enough the knave that the strength of the king lies there ay shall i give you proof of it those who've made the greatest noise were strangers They were faces going about which had never before been seen in Milan. By the by, I forgot to tell you one thing which was told me for certain. The police had caught one of those fellows in an inn. Renzo, who had not lost a single syllable of this conversation, was taken with a cold shudder on the hearing this cord touched and almost slipped under the table before he thought of trying to contain himself. No one— however perceived it and the speaker without interrupting his relation for a moment had continued they don't exactly know where he came from who sent him nor what kind of man he was but he was certainly one of the leaders yesterday in the midst of the uproar he played the very devil and then not content with that he must begin to harangue the people and proposed A mere trifle, to murder all the nobility. The great rascal, who would support the poor if all the nobles were killed? The police, who had been watching him, laid hands upon him. They found on his person a great bundle of letters, and were leading him away to prison. But his companions, who were keeping guard round the inn, came in great numbers and delivered him. The villain, and what became of him? it isn't known he may be fled or he may be concealed in milan there are people who have neither house nor home and yet find lodging and a place of refuge everywhere however though the devil can and will help them yet they may fall into the hands of justice when they least expect it for when the pear is ripe it must fall FOR THE PRESENT IT IS WELL KNOWN THAT THE LETTERS ARE IN POSSESSION OF THE GOVERNMENT AND THAT THE WHOLE CONSPIRACY IS THEREIN DESCRIBED AND THEY SAY THAT MANY PEOPLE ARE IMPLICATED IN IT. THIS MUCH IS CERTAIN THAT THEY HAVE TURNED MILAN UPSIDE DOWN AND WOULD HAVE DONE MUCH WORSE. IT IS SAID THAT THE BAKERS ARE ROGUES. I KNOW THEY ARE BUT THEY OUGHT TO BE HUNG IN THE COURSE OF JUSTICE. THEY SAY THERE IS CORN HIDDEN. WHO DOESN'T KNOW THAT? but it is the business of the government to keep a good lookout, to bring it to light, and to hang the monopolists in company with the bakers. And if the government does nothing, the city ought to remonstrate. And if they don't listen the first time, remonstrate again, for by dint or appeals they will get what they want, but not adopt the villainous practice of furiously entering shops and warehouses to get booty renzo's small meal had turned into poison it seemed like an age before he could get out of and away from the inn and the village and a dozen times at least he had said to himself now i may surely go but the fear of exciting suspicion now increased beyond measure and prevailing over every other thought had kept him still nailed to his seat In this perplexity he thought the chatterer must at last stop talking about him, and determined in his own mind to make his escape as soon as another subject was started. For this reason, said one of the party, knowing how these things go, and that the honest men fare but badly in such disturbances, I wouldn't let my curiosity conquer, and have therefore remained quietly at home.' neither would i move for the same reason said another i added a third if i had happened by chance to be at milan i would have left any business whatever unfinished and have returned home as quickly as possible i have a wife and children and besides to tell the truth i don't like such stirs At this moment the landlord, who had been eagerly listening with the rest, advanced towards the other end of the table to see what the stranger was doing. Renzo seized the opportunity, and beckoning to the host, asked for his account, settled it without dispute, though his purse was by this time very low, and without further delay went directly to the door, past the threshold and taking care not to turn along the same road as that by which he had arrived set off in the opposite direction trusting to the guidance of providence chapter sixteen part two